Welcome back to another episode of the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. I am here with you today to talk about my pro- my whole process when it comes to a podcast. So I'll give you the whole scoop, how I got started, why I got started, and now that I'm in the thick of it, what is the process that we go through every week to actually produce and get an episode out every two weeks? Um, so I'm just going to break everything down for you. I'm going to be super honest on what it's involved, what it's taken, um, some of my lessons learned along the way. Um, but before I get started, I wanted to just tell you that if this podcast brought you here, chances are you are interested in starting a business or you just like to hear from other business owners to perhaps see what's possible for yourself one day. And I want to just tell you right here now that if you found yourself here, you definitely have what it takes to start a business. You have it inside you because you have the curiosity to learn what it takes. And I want to encourage you to take one more step, take one more step forward in in building your dream, into building a life that you love and a freedom that you have been craving or getting or just even if it's just getting more time back in your day or having control of your calendar again or being able to have more time with your loved loved ones or not feeling achy and gross about office politics or having to put up with a boss that is less than inspiring these could be all contributing factors of why you want to change it up and do something perhaps that's just more meaningful and something that's just for you, where you get to do the work you love and serve people that appreciate you and acknowledge you for the work that you bring. So if if this any of this is resonating with you, I encourage you to go to hollynoll.com slash free and download my business blueprint. And this is a roadmap to help you get started with your business. Um, like I said, you have what it takes. Sometimes you just need a guide and a plan to help you just take that next step. So you're here today. Definitely hang in there for the podcast. Listen to more about what it takes to start a podcast. And if you're thinking of starting a podcast, send me a DM. I'd love to hear your idea and uh, talk to you more about it. So head over to hollywoodnoll.com slash free, grab my business blueprint and take one more action when it comes to starting your dream today. All right, so let's get started with the podcast piece. Actually, one more thing before I get started. I don't know if any of you out there are like absent-minded procrastinators. I sure am. Whereas I knew I needed to pro- to produce and record this ep- to record this episode today and I knew I ne- I needed to get done. This is literally the last day I have to get it done because tomorrow I'm meeting with my podcast producer and I don't want to meet with her and be like I didn't follow through on my commitment and I don't have my episode done. Like that's just not me and I don't ever like to be that person. So, what did I do? But I was like just putting this off and off and off because it requires a lot of creative and mental energy to to do a podcast and it, I love doing it. But there's other things that also need to get done around the house, like vacuuming, that I sometimes just choose to do in lieu of doing what really needs to get done. So what did I do? I found myself vacuuming around my house today, and I came to and became present again, and it was like, wait a minute, Holly, cut your BS. You're sitting here vacuuming when you know darn well you need to get back into your office and record your podcast. 
And I just had to chuckle a little bit to myself. And I'm just wondering if any of you out there do silly things when it comes to procrastinating the big, important stuff that you know you need to get done. Anyway, I'm human. We all are human. And we just have to sometimes laugh at ourselves and the silly things we do to avoid doing the things we know we need to do and will benefit us in a big way. But for whatever reason, our mind makes them seem hard and 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 offers us vacuuming instead. So anyway, I'm here today. Happy to be here. I love talking about my podcast. I don't think I do it enough um, in terms of talking about like what it takes to do it and what goes into it. And there's a lot, um, but I, I absolutely love doing it. I'll be honest right now. I don't run ads here on this podcast. I don't get paid to do this podcast. I do it because I love it because I love talking to other business owners. It is a huge learning experience for me. And I know that these business owners have such important, incredible stories to tell that I love being able to give awesome business owners a platform to tell their stories and inspire you all. And I ultimately, my ultimate goal is to help you all see what's possible when it comes to business ownership and hopefully help you see that if these folks can do it, so can you. So let me just talk about, I'm going to give you an introduction to a brief overview, you know, why I got started my podcast journey to date. So back in the pandemic, I got started, I was working with a business coach at the time and she was like, Holly, why don't you, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? And I was like, what? No, like I have a blog and oh my God, I am just, I'm not big enough to do a podcast. Like I have a small little coaching business. Um, it's the pandemic. Like I don't have the first clue of what to do when it comes to starting a podcast. Like, no, who am I to start a podcast? Like, honestly, like I, I thought she was crazy. Like, why would you even like, I don't know, suggest that. And then she's like, no, really, you have a lot of knowledge. You know, a lot about, you know, starting a business, working in corporate America and making the transition from working for someone else to working for yourself. Um, you're, you know, she just started to sell me on this idea and I'm like, okay, well, let me think about it. So I went away and I thought about it for probably a week or two. And I thought, okay, let's just say I did start a podcast scary as heck, but all right, who, how, how would I make this less scary? I thought, well, my business coach had her own podcast at the time and she had told me, Hey, we'll produce it for you. We'll, and you'll have me like, I, she's my guide. She was my guide to help me get started. And I thought, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Okay. I have her to help me. I have someone who's, she's already been, had a podcast for like two or three years, maybe more. She knows what she's doing. She's offered to produce it for me. What's the worst that can happen? Like she's going to teach me what I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I don't know. So I have someone here, a guide to teach me what I don't know. And someone who's done it before who can teach me the ropes. Like, okay, now all I have to do is come up with some ideas and like, what the heck am I, am I going to talk about? So that's where I, I went back to her and I was like, okay, I'll do it. And in my head, I'm like, okay, what, what do I have to lose? One person listens to it or worse, no one listens to it. Fine. No one knows I even did it. Not a big deal. No one, no one will care. Like, let me just throw this out there and, and do it because it sounded, it actually sounded fun. So I love challenging myself with new things and new ideas and just trying new stuff. So I thought, why not? 
I know I'll learn something and I can always decide not to do it if, if it just isn't fun or I don't like it or whatever. So I kept an open mind and I said, okay, I'm going to do this. Where do I start? So one of the things when you get started with a podcast and the thing that something I did when I started was I just defined like, what type of podcast do I want to have? Do I want, what do I, do I want to interview people? Do I want to do my own stuff? Do I want, you know, what, what do I enjoy listening to myself? And so right away I thought, you know what, I think I want to do interviews. And one of the reasons I started with interviews was I, after living in San Francisco, I went to so many different um, like meetups or I don't know, gatherings, professional gatherings, you know, different events where entrepreneurs would get up on stage or they would get up on a panel or even in a small setting, they get in front of the room and talk about their journey. And one thing that I just started to see that really bugged me was these entrepreneurs would get in front of the room and they would talk about their journey and they would make it sound so easy. I'm like, well, I just did this. And then my family gave me money and my dad gave me money. My dad's friends gave me money. And, you know, I just got lucky. And, and then all of a sudden I had this business. And for me, I was just like, gross gag. Come on. Like not everybody is, you know, in that situation. And, don't even start telling me that building a business is just easy and you got lucky. Lucky, Like I totally call BS on that. So my, I took that and I thought, wouldn't it be great to interview real people who like act real and who tell real stories and tell about the struggles and talk about the wins and talk about their businesses in an honest way um, that wasn't like, oh, I just woke up and I'm, I'm, my company is not like the top luggage company in, in the, in the country or whatever. Um, so I really wanted people that were real and just told the real story of what it's like to start a business. And so that's what, where I came up with the name, the everyday entrepreneur. So I, I still, to this day, um, people reach out to me frequently asking if I would host randoms, random people I don't know on my podcast. And 10 out of 10 times, I don't think I've responded once to these um, asks because I don't know the person and I don't know how they are in real life. And I don't know if they're everyday people. And it was, it's, it was, and still is super important to me that I interview everyday people who are normal, who talk about their business in a real relatable way. So I came up with the name, the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. I came up with like the kind of the premise and like why, you know, the why I wanted to talk about what I wanted to talk about and why I wanted to host the type of people I, I wanted to host. And um, so the, those two things came together. You know, I, I want to do interviews of everyday people and I'm going to call it the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. And okay, well, then the next thing I had to think about was, okay, who do I want to listen to this podcast? And I thought, you know, I really want people who are working in corporate jobs or are new business owners to listen to this podcast and to be inspired and to walk away with value on things that they can actually do starting today, immediately after listening to this podcast, to take action to start their own business. And that to this day is still my guiding principle with the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. I want to speak to 
still these folks. And I still want people to walk away with tangible value and things that they can start doing immediately following the podcast. I don't want a fluffy podcast or a wishy-washy podcast or, you know, there that's fine. Those are for the, that's a different podcast for a different person. But for me, it was super important to have a podcast that created value and helped others see what's possible. And that's something that we still do today. So those are really the goals when it came to my podcast. Um, the second, the next thing I had to do was like plan it. Okay. So how often am I going to release? Um, how long do I want these episodes? How am I going to find people? So it became very obvious to me. I, I think when I started back in the pandemic, my workload was different. I wasn't working as much um, in my consulting business. So I had more time and I can't remember, I need to look back on my episodes, but I might've re released episodes more often. But right now I'm releasing them every two weeks. One, because my time is very limited and it takes it takes time and effort to create a podcast and to lock in guests and to to manage all of the work that goes on behind the scenes. And two, I also think twice a month makes the episodes just be a little more valuable. When my episodes come out, I hope people are like, oh my gosh, I haven't heard from her in like two weeks. I can't wait to see what's next. Rather than kind of coming at people every single week. There's a lot of weekly podcasts out there and maybe someday I'll go to that model. But for right now, every other week feels doable, manageable from my capacity perspective. And I think it gives listeners a little bit of time to digest and even implement some of the things they learn on an episode before listening to another. So that's what I really thought about. And then when I thought about like, how do I want to structure the actual show? Well, I, again, I wanted those everyday entrepreneurs, those normal people, and I wanted to come in, I wanted them to come in and, and kind of how you'll probably notice if you're a longtime listener of the show, you'll notice that my shows have a similar structure, but not every show is the same. Um, but I started out with like, okay, who are you? And tell us your, your business journey. How did you get to where you are today? And, and the person will open up and they will talk about how they got to where they are today. And then usually um, I've already met with this guest. Either I know them well or I know them semi-well in my life. Um, and we don't really need to exchange like too many ideas beforehand or I don't know them as well. I, I, I may know them professionally or maybe not know them quite as well as like, you know, a good friend. But um Chances are with a guest, I have already, we've already exchanged some emails. I always send an outline of like 10 to 12 questions of what, what we can talk about around a theme. And so I will do my research. I'll understand what they're, what they know a lot about, maybe what their business is and how I think they can add value to my audience. And it's not what they think they can add to my audience. It's a collaboration. But if you're thinking about starting a podcast, remember you're in the driver's seat and there are a lot of podcasts uh, like firms that could reach out to you and be like, here's my guest and here's some things they should they can talk about. Here's what they know, which is all well and good. But always remember at the end of the day, you're in the driver's seat of your podcast and you get to decide the content and the, and the discussion that's had. And of course, the guest has to be comfortable and okay with it. But if you want to have your podcast be about a certain thing and this person can provide that, definitely 
send them those questions and and do that planning piece with them in advance so that you get the outcome that you want and so that your audience is best served. So um, I'm going a little bit into the tactical now, like the work and the, the, you know, the, the vegetarian sausage making that happens in the background, but um, yeah. So, so when, when I plan my episodes, I send the guests like 10 to 12 questions on areas that I think we could cover, but I always say, let's let the conversation flow naturally. So we, we kind of align on that. And um, once we've just kind of agreed on like, here's the overall theme of the show. Now, when we record, let's see what happens. And sometimes we stay right on, right on point with the questions I send. Sometimes we go way off track and that is totally okay because something comes up that I didn't even know about this person. And we go down that rabbit trail instead that could be equally or more valuable to my audience. So I always leave room for flow with your conversations. One, one I, I've listened to a few podcasts that I'm like, gosh, these are so structured or even podcasts where, you know, like it, they're not even talking real time where someone's like asking the question. And then the person like sent them a voice message back. And then it's another question and then another answer and another question, and another answer. It's not a conversation. Um, not my style of podcast to listen to or, or to do myself. I love having a real authentic, genuine conversation. And so notice the theme here. I like realness. <laughs> and so um, I don't like it to be over rehearsed or over planned. And I don't want my guests to feel on edge. Like I have to be this certain way or I have to say this certain thing. Um, I want my guests to feel super comfortable and excited about their episode and what they said so that then they want to share with their audiences. So don't make it so structured. That would be my advice. Let it flow freely. Let people come as themselves and who they are. That's where you're going to get the best content and the best like information from, from your guests is if you let them just be who they are by not overstructuring the conversation. It might be a conversation. Um, the second thing just around the conversation itself is something I noticed some podcast hosts do, um, don't do a great job of is actually listening to their guests and asking follow-up questions. Sometimes I hear podcast hosts just firing question after question after question. And it's like, geez, can we stop for a minute and like maybe listen to the, <laughs> maybe dig a little bit more into that area? I always try to anticipate the questions that I think my audience is going to have. And if it means staying on a subject and asking follow-up questions, I'm going to do that. And so think about the, put yourself in your ideal listener's shoes as you're interviewing this guest, your guest, and ask them question, the questions you think your ideal listener would like. Even if you might know how your guest is going to answer, still ask the question because not everyone is going to know or suspect or assume. So always ask the question, go deeper where you feel it could be valuable and just leave room for flow and less structure. But have a little structure in, in case you get nervous or things get awkward or, or things take a weird turn, which probably won't happen if you if you really vet your guests well, but it's always, it's never a bad idea to have some questions in your back pocket. And when I'm doing the interview, so I have, I do most of my interviews on Zoom, although we're switching to do some interviews in, per, in person in 2024, which I can't wait. I'm so excited about that. But I always have the questions on a, like a Google Doc or an Apple notepad as I'm doing the Zoom. So I have the Zoom video, like 
on one side of my screen and I have the questions on the other side. And that way I can see my questions right there and I'm not, not looking down or distracted, but I can kind of like do the interview and do the questions at the same time simultaneously. So there's flow. So that's another hot tip um, when you're in the actual interview. Okay. Um, I will walk through, and like I said, at the end, I'll walk through the whole production process from start to end, but I'm just kind of walking through like how things, how I do things as I go. One more thing when it comes to interviewing is I also keep a notebook next to me. Sometimes the conversation's like flowing so quickly and so, so good that my guests are saying like nugget after nugget that of just like an awesome point or something that I want to follow up with. So I always keep a notebook and a pen next to me so I can just make a quick note, write down a quick word. So I know how to go back to what they said um, without forgetting it. Um, so I don't know when you're like older, like me, <laughs> I, I sometimes forget what people said. So I have to go back and like, it, you know, it really helps to just have that word written down on a piece of paper and be able to go back and be like, oh yeah. Um, when you said this, can you expand more on that? Or I'd love to know more about, and that way, um, you don't have to interrupt your guests and that way you, you won't forget what they said either. So always keep a notebook, an actual physical notebook next to you to jot down some words or phrases that they said that you want to revisit. Okay. I know that's a lot, but go back and listen to this um, a couple of times if you need to, but hopefully this is helping as you're thinking about starting your own podcast. All right. The next thing is a lot of people get really caught up in like, what about the equipment and the microphone and like, I don't know, like, you know, cameras and sound and da, da, da. okay. This is like somebody who's just learning how to ski. Don't be the person who's just learning how to ski or do any sport that goes to the shop and buys the top of the line thing from day one. It's not going to make you a better skier. Having the best podcast microphone is not going to make you a better podcaster. Sure. It might make your sound quality sound better, but your content, your skill, is what's going to make you a good podcaster. Your ideas, who you are, is going to make you a good podcaster. Kind of like when you go skiing, like you buy the best ski equipment, it's not going to let you go down a black diamond on day one because you have this great ski equipment. You're going to have to hone your craft. You're going to have to get good with your skill. You're going to have to practice. You're going to have to come up with like, you know, good creative ideas to go down which runs, which green ones, and which, you know, which green squares or whatever blue diamonds are you going to work up to to get to your black diamond. So anyway, um, think about just starting simple, get like, I mean, I have like a basic, fine, nice microphone. It's nothing special. It's like audio techniques. We'll include it in the show notes, but it's, it's fine. And then, um, the important part is, is the content is getting out there. I know big podcasters that sometimes record podcasts on their phone in their car. So don't get bogged down on like having the perfect piece of equipment or just the right camera or the right um, piece of equipment. I have the Logicam, um, the Logicam camera that just hooks on top of my laptop, on top of my screen that I use for a camera. And it's something I use for my work calls and my podcast alike. And again, like I can't emphasize enough, don't go spending a ton of money, just get scrappy, get something. I would recommend getting like a little bit nicer of a microphone, but it's not mandatory. Again, I know big podcasters that podcast, that do their podcasts with their earbuds in and on their phone in their car. Like literally Lori Harder, love her. She has an amazing podcast. She's done podcasts in her car. So anyway, it's up to you, but I wouldn't go 
bananas on buying the nicest equipment. Where I would invest, and this is somewhere I've invested since day one, is with a sound air. Again, not necessary at all. In fact, when I do my um, solo episodes, I usually do not have them sound edited. I have them edited because it costs money. Um, it's about, I, I don't recall the exact amount per episode, but um, I, I usually invest the sound editing for an interview because sometimes the person you're interviewing could sound choppy or their connection isn't good or for whatever reason, like maybe the the two sounds aren't great together. Um, a sound editor, when you do interviews, is I think a very good investment because it will make the interview sound better and more professional. But again, when I do my solo episodes like I'm doing now, I'm not going to have this sound edited. So thank you for still staying with me, even though it's not been professionally sound edited. Um, so you can find a really good podcast editor out there. There's many that'll do just editing, but do your research. Prices vary across the board. And if you know of somebody that's even just starting out, like go with them. You're starting out, they're starting out. Why not support each other? Um, but I would recommend sound editing for interviews. So that's something you would want to budget for. Um, so then when it comes to kind of like setting up a podcast studio, okay, I have nothing fancy when in 2020, when I first started, I literally did it in my closet. So <laughs> I had a much smaller apartment back then. And I recorded my first podcast in my closet, which was great because there was no echoing. There were clothes on all sides, shoes, whatever you have it. And um, I'm sure the sound was great. I now have my own office and I record my podcast here in my office. Um, and I just use my laptop, my microphone and the Logitech or Logic camera, whatever. We'll link that into the show notes as well. Um, and I just use my camera and microphone. And when I have interviews, I put my AirPods in and use that for my headset. So again, nothing fancy and don't let, you know, fancy equipment stop you from getting started. Um, okay. So recording your first episode, a lot of people ask me like, do you script? And this goes back to just, I don't, this goes back to I, the method I love, and this is going to be different for everybody. I'm a natural conversationalist. And for me, the interviews come relatively easy, whereas I recognize that's also not natural for everyone. So that's why I recommend I would not script anything. I personally, I think you can see it, you can feel it, you can hear it. Um, but again, having like a loose agenda and talking with your guest ahead of time, kind of collaborating, co-collaborating with them on like, hey, this is the theme I'm thinking. Would you be comfortable about talking about this? Is there anything that's off the table that you don't want me to cover? Put yourself in Oprah's shoes, you know, like think of all the production and the producers, producers that are working with Brad Pitt before Oprah interviews him, right? So like, Brad, is there anything that you don't want to talk about? Here's, here's what I do want to talk about. I saw you did this recently. Let's talk about this recent movie or book or wine or whatever it is that he came out with. Um, so I wouldn't script, but I would be prepared in terms of a theme and questions and, and the ultimate value and takeaway that you want your audience to have after the episode. Um, I think it's just better to improv. Um, personally, it just, you just seem more real and the more you do it, the better you'll get. Um, and, and I guess like ideas to make your conversation engaging is just as an interview, like think about Oprah, study Oprah. If you, if you want, if you're like so inclined, she is genuinely 
interested in the person that is in front of her. She is never distracted. She's never staring off into space. She is there and present with her, with her, the person she's interviewing. She takes a genuine interest in what they are saying. She asks follow-up questions and she also has the eye in the, um, she's also in the shoes of the viewer when she's interviewing because she's asking all of the questions that we want her to ask, right? That's what makes her such a good interview. We're like, thank you. I was wondering the same thing. So channel your inner Oprah and be that person who's your audience is like, thank you for asking. I was wondering the same thing, but that's going to come with experience. Um, and if you make a mistake, not a big deal. Um, if you have a sound editor, there's been times where on a podcast where I've had guests be like, oh, can you edit that part out? I really don't like how I said that. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Or there's been um, times where I've had guests who have a cough and bless their hearts, you know, they, you know, it's sick season all year round these days. So people have shown up sick or I've been sick with a cough and um, having a sound editor can help edit some of that out. And you just need to tell them ahead of time, like, Hey, can you listen for coughs and just try to suppress them or edit them out? Or, Hey, my guest didn't like this. Just can you, can you, um, it's around this part of the interview. Can you listen for that and edit it out? So as long as you have an editor handling mistakes are totally fine. And one time I had a really big guest on and I pronounced her name wrong in the first take. And I was mortified. I was like, Oh my God, I just pronounced your name wrong. I'm so sorry. This is so embarrassing. I stopped the recording and we started over. So if you're in the very beginning of your interview, don't be afraid to just stop, scrap it and start over. Your guests will see you as human. You can have a good laugh about it and then move on, but don't beat yourself up. Mistakes will happen. Retakes will need to be, will need to be you know, will need to happen sometimes, but like, again, just err on the side of being real and normal and natural. And I think your listeners will like that. Um, okay. So when you think about like, kind of like branding and does my podcast need a logo and what colors, oh my gosh, people get so stuck in branding and I, this same with equipment, like just pick something and move on, like get your content out there. Don't get so stuck in like the branding and colors and equipment that you don't start. But yes, I, I created, I, I, my, the production company I used, um, when I first started out, um, and again, you don't have to use a production company. I now do, I now brought all of this in-house, um, which I'll explain later, but at first I used a company to produce my episodes and, um, they, <laughs> they created a, a beautiful podcast artwork format for me in Canva. We created a logo out of different font types in Canva. And to this day, I'm still using like a flavor of that podcast cover. So there's a ton of podcast covers in Canva. If you don't have a Canva subscription, you can go get one. I, I have the pro subscription. It costs a little bit more money, but it is so worth it. But I'm sure there's free podcast cover templates you can use in Canva that you don't have to pay for. So this is all very DIY. You can totally do this yourself. Just get it out there and you can always refine or update it as you go. But yeah, go to Canva, do some experiments with cover art, maybe ask some friends, do you like this one or this one and and, and get like the peanut gallery to weigh in. But um. 
you know, don't spend a ton of time on it, but also make it look professional and nice and maybe see what other podcasters are doing out there too. And see if anybody inspires you to create a similar podcast cover without copying it, obviously, or, you know, maybe you just pull in elements of theirs that you like. Um, when it comes to creating a title, honestly, when I thought about mine, it was just like, I want to engage everyday people and entrepreneurs. And right away it came up the everyday entrepreneur, like it just came easy for me. Um, that's, you know, I don't have any like sage advice on how to come up with an, with a title, but I would make, I would advise you to think of a title that does describe what your podcast is about and don't make it a long description, you know, two to three words, one to three words, um, should do it and make it descriptive so that people don't have to like wonder what it's about. They can scan Apple podcasts and be like, oh, cool. The everyday entrepreneur. I'm sure that this is about business, maybe like everyday business. Maybe people don't know exactly. That's okay. But at least the entrepreneur piece, they know this is a business podcast. And I probably talk to entrepreneurs on here, or I talk myself, um, who is also an everyday entrepreneur. So make your podcast fit the podcast title, fit the type of content you intend on producing. Um, and then like where to host it. So you're going to need like a hosting platform and somewhere where your podcast sits that will feed it to Apple podcasts, to Spotify, to all of the different platforms. So I use captivate.fm and I love it. Captivate has come out with some really cool features that allow me to book my guests directly through the platform. Everything is all in one spot. It's awesome. It's very easy to use. Um, I haven't tried other platforms out there, so I don't really have anything to compare it to, but I have to say it gives me everything I need. Um, and it's, it's great for booking. I love how I can just send my guests a link to book and they book it right there. The calendar invite goes to them and it goes to my calendar. Everything's all set. Um, and it makes just things so easy and automated. So I would use Captivate. I don't get paid to, you know, to promote Captivate yet. Um, but I do recommend their service. It, it's really awesome and, and super easy to use. So, um, yeah. And then once you sign up for Captivate, it'll walk you through all the steps to submit to like the different types of podcast platforms like, you know, Apple and Spotify and whatnot. Um, and then the final thing I would say is after you launch an episode, like don't just launch it on Apple podcasts and hope people come to it. Like that's, that, that is not a strategy, right? And all of your hard work and having two downloads a year is probably not going to make you very excited to keep doing it, right? So you have to talk about it. You have to talk about your podcast and get on your social platforms and talk about your podcast and the value that it's going to bring your audience on your social platforms. And eventually your social platforms will cross your podcast platforms and your listeners will be on both. You'll have listeners on your Instagram or on your TikTok or on your LinkedIn that also sub subscribe to your podcast and vice versa. You'll have people who find your podcast who will also start to follow your content on your other social channels. So you must, 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 if you want listeners, you got, got to get out there and talk about it. Whether you email your email list, if you have an email list, or if you get on your social platforms and you talk about it, but you have to get out there. It, it, you need to do justice to the people who need to hear what you're talking about. 
you need to do justice to your guests who gave you time um, because they're also hoping that you promote the episode so people can maybe leverage their business or work with them or recommend them. Um, and then also, don't be afraid to ask your podcast guests to share the episode as well, but don't expect them to. It's totally up to them if they want to or not. And we don't have control over what they choose to share, what they don't. But let me tell you, my podcast guests who do share my episode, it means the world. And um, you can essentially double, triple, quadruple your listeners depending on how big their platform is. I had one guest who's absolutely huge. She has nearly a million followers. And she shared it one time on her Instagram story. And that episode is my top grossing episode by downloads by far, like 400% bigger than my second number two. So don't underestimate the power of your guests and their, their network as well. And when they share it, it's such a treat. It shows that they enjoyed the podcast that you, you, you had them on. It shows that they're proud of how you made them, you know, kind of show up with your questions. It's a huge compliment. So um, I guess I didn't really say that very well, but it's a huge compliment because they're proud to share your episode because of how they showed up. And because of that, how they showed up has so much to do with you as the host. So that was a great sign. All right. So let me walk through the production process really quickly and how it works. Um, I, for the first, like, I don't know, 30 episodes, 30 Two, I think I'm on episode 39. This is episode 40, actually. Um, so my first 32 episodes-ish, um, I, well, the first five to seven episodes, I had that company doing it. And what I noticed was the show notes, like the overall background of the, the episode, which I'll get to in a second, weren't really in my voice. I didn't really love the quality. And it was just beginning to be too much for me to manage. And so I thought, you know what, I have the time. I'm going to just take this in-house and do it myself. So um, from probably episode five or seven to episode like 32, I produced all of my own podcasts except for the sound editing. So what does it mean to produce a podcast episode? Well, it means everything that needs to be done in order to, for someone to listen to it on Apple Podcasts. So step one is, um, you know, finding finding a guest. So right now I have a whole Excel spreadsheet of guests that are like someday guests, like really, really, really big names and people that I'm like, let's reach out soon. Let's reach out now. Um, and when I say let's, I'll get to that, but I have a spreadsheet of, um, going, you know, always going of people that I want to have on the podcast. And I really recommend doing this because it's super fun to look back and be like, gosh, I remember when I thought it would be amazing to have that person on my podcast and they were on it and it we did it and it was an awesome podcast. So it's really fun and fulfilling to look back on like how you make things happen by writing something down. Um, and so I have a ongoing spreadsheet and I'm always adding to it. I was adding to it and sometimes taking names off as I'm like, eh, it doesn't fit with my, my goals anymore or you know, I'm always, it's a living, breathing document. So I start there. I then reach out to guests. I, most guests I know or have interacted with in some capacity, or I have a hook or I have a lead in like, Hey, I know you from, or so-and-so 
recommended. I, I have my podcast guests sometimes recommend to me to one to two people, they would recommend me reaching out and they'll usually do an introduction. So that's been really lovely as well. Like, Hey, I know you through so-and-so they were recently guests on my show. I was wondering, and I'll send them an email just seeing if they were interested. And then they, we book a 20 minute conversation and we talk about like, Hey, it's nice to meet you. Or it's nice to see you again. Like, here's the goal of my podcast. I always talk about, here's the goal of my podcast. Here's my audience. Here's what I would love to talk to you about. Are you okay with this? What do you think? Do you have more ideas? And then, um, and then we'll kind of align and, and um, agree to like a certain theme. And then um, I send a follow-up email recapping with the questions that we talked about and kind of refining those. And I send those to them. And then I also send them a link to book the episode. So every, I have a very regular cadence of every week. I have a window of time where I produce podcasts and or record podcasts and that's it. So, um, I send them the link, they find a slot within that time. Um, it helps me just know like every day on this, every week on this day, I know I have a window to produce podcasts or to record a podcast. So if, I'm recording. I know it's always just on that day. So that really helps me um, stay sane in my own head. And so uh, I send them a link that allows them to book. And this is all set up in Captivate, my platforming tool. And they book the podcast. So once they've booked, we're ready to go. And um, the, the link will then send them a calendar invite with the Zoom link. So I don't need to do anything else. It's all automated um, through Captivate. And I show up, they show up the day of the podcast, we record. And I have the questions up on my screen. Like I said before, we record on Zoom. I have my microphone on, I have my AirPods in. We end the recording. Great. Thank you for being here. And then I record an intro and an uh, an intro. And so I, I record the actual episode first, and then I go back and I record an introduction to the episode. And that's where I'm able to say like, Hey, I have this really great guest on today. I'm so excited for you to meet them. This is what we talk about. Because if I did that before, I don't really know exactly how the conversation is going to go. And I also don't want to do the intro with them sitting there. I like going back later and kind of reflecting on what we talked about and teeing up the conversation for you all, the audience, to know what's ahead. So I record my intro separately. I don't know. Some people do it differently, but this is how I do it. And then um, I send the intro and the podcast recording to my sound editor. It takes him about a day or two to turn it around, get it back to me, and it's all edited and produced. From there, I upload the produced episode to the Captivate platform and I write my show notes. Now, show notes are basically the recap of the episode where people can read about what the episode is about. And then there's timestamps of critical parts or important parts throughout the episode where people can fast forward if they want and learn about a certain thing. So then I create the show notes. And then from there, um, I go to my website. Oh, before I create the show notes, I go to, I use rev.com and I create a AI generated transcript. And it's about $15 to create that transcript. Um, and I get the word version of the podcast. So that's how I come up with the timestamps for the show notes, because I just read and I pluck out the different parts within 
the transcripts and I transfer those to the, to the show notes. I'm not one who loves, I don't love going back and listening. I'd rather just read and skim. It's faster for me than listening. So I just um, read from the transcript. I pluck out the key parts of the show, put them in the show notes. I save it in Captivate. And then I schedule the episode in Captivate. From there, we're getting real tactical. But I think it's important for people to know, for you to know um, what it takes to, to do a podcast. Um, from there, I... Um, then I go to my website and I, I make the updates on my website. I always have my guest and the episode featured on my podcast section of my website where people can listen right there. I love for people to go to my website because they get a pop-up to join my free email, to join my email list by getting my free lead magnet, which um, is my business blueprint. And so it's a great way to drive people to your website to have them download your freebie and then also have them listen to your podcast episode. So I love it when people go to my site, just rather than just going straight to Apple or Spotify or one of the other platforms. Um, so I, I update my site. Captivate has a little widget that you implement on your site and you can listen right there. Um, I use Squarespace. So um, I just populate the code within my Squarespace page and people can listen to my podcast right from my from my website. I love that feature. Um, from there, I go into Canva. So back to Canva, I take my podcast cover art and I, I have one for episodes as well. So I have the cover art for the show and then I have episode artwork as well. So every episode gets the same the same artwork. So I update my artwork with the podcast episode name and then um, with my guest picture. So I always ask my guests for a headshot or a professional picture of themselves. And I put that on there. And then I send those off. I send an email to my guests saying, hey, our podcast is going to be live on X date. So I release every other Tuesday. Our podcast is going to be live attached as a podcast artwork. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And then I, I make it personal. And I, I talk about just maybe a couple of things I really loved about um, what they said or the time that they gave, or I, I add a personal spin and I don't just make it an automated, like, thanks for being on the podcast type of email. Um, so then I email my guest and I let them know when it's going to be live. So then they can promote the, the podcast on their own if they'd like. More often than not, the day of the podcast, I go, the day or the week of the podcast launching, I go onto my socials. So usually Instagram, it's my favorite, it's my favorite social platform and the one where I, I just, feel I can be most creative and without having to learn a bunch of new things. Um, so I go onto Instagram and I um, promote the episode and I highlight my guest, I tag my guest and I use the podcast episode artwork and share like, hey, it's live. And I talk about what this episode has in it and how it can best serve the viewer on Instagram. So if someone, if you're on my Instagram channel, I will tell you here's what you can expect to learn, or here's why I love the episode and, and why I think you'll like it too. So you'll want to go onto your social channels and promote the episode so that you get the listeners. And then times more often than not, my guests will just repost what I post, which is totally fine because I go, I'm usually on video when I post and it's great exposure for their audience to know who I am as well. And so the same will go for you. If you do a video announcing your episode is live and your guests repost that, they get a chance to see who you are, a name with a face. And um, it just helps, you know, helps promote your business and brand just a little bit more. 
Okay. So I think that is it. I think that is my process. And my God, if your head is spinning as much as mine is right now, because I swear, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Um, yes, it is a lot. And given the consulting work I do, the in-person events I do and my coaching business, it just started to be too much. And so I made the decision to have, um, to onboard a podcast producer and her name is Morgan and she is, uh, my right-hand woman when it comes to this podcast. And she, um, now produces the podcast and does all of the backend work to make this podcast happen. And I can't tell you how incredibly helpful it's been to have her, but I wouldn't recommend getting a podcast producer right from the beginning. Like I did. Um, I think I missed key elements of what it takes to do the podcast. I had to learn later. I had to figure things out. I would recommend producing it and doing it on your own from the get-go. That way you get to know the ins and outs of your podcast. You get to know what works, what doesn't. You get to make it your own from the start. And then also when it does come time for you to hire help, and someone to to do this for you and to take the lead on all of the production aspects. Um, that way, you know what exactly it is that you're hiring for. You know what questions to ask the person. You know if you're being given a bunch of BS or if this person totally knows what they're talking about um, because you've experienced it and you know exactly what it's going to take to do it um, and the type of person you need. So I would recommend doing all of this yourself to learn, to get familiar with the pot process, to make it better, to make it your own. Um, and so, gosh, that is a lot. One other thing I would just recommend to at the end of every episode, always, always, always ask your guest, where can we find you? Where can we work with you? How can we join your program or buy your product or whatever it is? Um, they're not on there just to, for kicks and giggles. They're also on your podcast to help grow their business and to, as a way to share what they do to a new audience, which is your audience. Um, so make sure you always, always, always ask and always include their information in your show notes, um, as a, at, you know, as a, a thank you for them being on your podcast. And I think with that, I have given you so much information. I hope that this was helpful today. If you have questions, I am always happy to help you how I can. Um, you can feel free to book a 20-minute session with me. Um, we can we can chat. Um, I'll include that link in the show notes as well. And then um we yeah, feel free to to book a chat with me. We can talk more. Um, send me a DM on Instagram, send me your idea happy to chat. And then if you want me to, to officially consult with you, we can, we can talk about that too. But, um, more than, more than anything, I just love seeing new podcasters get out there, sharing their ideas, sharing their creative spirit and their creative juices, um, and channeling, I guess, channeling their, I love seeing people channel their creativity in ways that spotlight what they love to do. And I love having conversations and thank you so much for letting me have this conversation with you today and for listening and for getting this far in the episode. And all that said, if you have listened to the episode before, or if this is your first time and you haven't done so already, I would be so incredibly grateful to you if you go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And um, and anytime, hit me up in my DMs on Instagram or um, you know LinkedIn too. Uh, thank you for being here. 
this has been a wonderful conversation and I hope that this helped you. And I'm excited to see what you put out there in this world of podcasts. Take care. Thanks, friend.